Welcome to the Mayor Greg Fisher podcast. I'm Mayor Greg Fisher. So today in honor of Earth Month, I'm sitting down with two of our city's sustainability leaders and champions to talk about what Louisville Metro is doing to live up to our 100% clean energy goals and the Paris Climate Accord. This is obviously really, really critical work as climate change or climate chaos, as some call it, impacts our lives each and every day. And one of our local media outlets noted in a recent article that allergy season seems worse this year than the past because we're experiencing more warm days than we typically would. And so that's climate change, and it's only going to get worse if we don't act. So to give a little background, I created the Office for Sustainability when I first became mayor in 2011 and commissioned the city's first ever sustainability plan, which served as a framework to shape progress toward our city's climate change goals. In 2019, Louisville Metro merged the sustainability office with our Office of Advanced Planning, which allows us to take our sustainability efforts into all of our long-range planning for the city. So our fight against climate change and our efforts to mitigate its impacts is something that we work on every day, but we recognize that this really is a long game and one that we've got to play for our kids and our grandkids and our great-grandkids and beyond that as well. We are making progress. Uh, Louisville recently received LEED Silver Certification from the U.S. Green Building Council for its sustainability work, and we have an A-list ranking with the global environmental nonprofit CDP. So, but we got a lot more to do and we're gonna do that. So let's dig into the conversation. Today, I'm joined by Allison Smith, the Assistant Director for the Office of Advanced Planning and Sustainability, and Zach Tyler, Louisville's Energy Manager. So welcome to you all, appreciate you being here. So let's start, Allison, with you. Uh, in your estimation, what kind of progress have we made toward becoming a cleaner, greener city, and what are our big challenges? Well, as you mentioned, there's still a lot more work to do. We have a long way to go, but we have been making progress on several fronts. Um, it's been since 2016 that we learned about our issues with our urban heat island being the fastest growing the country, um, understood our tree canopy loss was you know, increasing, but we're starting to see progress on those fronts. We're seeing an increase in our tree planting, in our tree canopy, and that's because of coordinated plantings by Metro, by our community partners, and by residents. That not only helps to cool the city down, but it also is helping to store carbon from the atmosphere. So we'll see all of the benefits of that as that canopy continues to increase. Uh, thanks to your executive order, we're working to electrify our fleet for municipal operations. We're planning for EV charging infrastructure for our whole community as we see the country start to move towards more electric vehicles, which are much cleaner. Uh, we're increasing rooftop solar every day here in Louisville um, to help put more clean energy on our grid. Um, and we've set some very ambitious climate targets. Um, we've already begun reducing our emissions and energy use, and I have confidence that we'll achieve those. And the tree canopy coverage, I want to commend our community on that. It was when we, first off, we were the first city in the country to kind of analyze what our urban heat island looked like. And at the time of that, our tree canopy coverage was 36%, and we were forecasted to go down to 31, 32%. And just a couple months ago, we realized we're now at 37%. So a point doesn't sound like much, but it's really a huge 
step of progress. Absolutely. When you're losing up to 54,000 trees a year to gain 1% means that we planted way more than we lost in that previous year. So again, that's a coordinated effort that Metro can't solve on our own. You know this. Um, it's going to take everybody and we have had great partnerships with the community. People care about trees and that's something that we're able to get support on. Yeah, no, very good job by the entire community there. Zach, you're our first ever energy manager. Yep. Uh, you've made a heck of a difference already. So tell us a little bit about what you do, kind of the outcomes we've had so far and why that's important. Yeah, absolutely. Um, there certainly get a lot of questions on, on what is energy management. And I like to break it down into two main focuses. Uh, the first being tracking and understanding your energy data. And that's going beyond just, you know, what is your high level energy spend across Louisville Metro, but actually understanding where is energy being used across all of your buildings and being able to start analyzing which of those buildings are good energy performers and which ones really need improvements. Um, and then ultimately that data is what informs how effective your measures are and what your cost savings are. The other part or focus within energy management is the actual building optimization to conserve on your energy usage. Uh, and that has a lot of components to it. The first and foremost being making operational improvements through building setbacks. And that's based around the premise of if you've got uh, buildings that are empty on nights and weekends, making sure that you're operating them that way and not just operating them the same way 24 seven, even though people aren't present many of those times. Um, but also assessing the performance of the mechanical systems, whether it, it, in many cases you might have situations where one component is broken in your building's HVAC, where um, you, people may not notice because it's still performing, you're still, you're still comfortable, but it makes the whole system use a lot more energy to do the exact same work. So it's about proactively assessing the healthier mechanical systems and identifying those uh, components that make the whole system use a lot less energy by having a proper maintenance plan. And would you all break it down for our listeners here in terms of uh, contributions of greenhouse gas to the environment? It, it's number one contributor is our building stock. Number two is? Transportation. And three? Uh, other. So. Uh, I think it's utilities. Um, so our electricity use, whoever uses it, that's the number one uh, co contributor to greenhouse gases, followed by transportation. So everybody can do something. Absolutely. Now in our case here, since we created Zach's uh, position, our energy consumption has gone down by 7%, and that equates to 2,200 tons of CO2 equivalent emissions. So, you know, good work there and quite significant. Thank so. You. When you think about number of homes, that's equivalent to powering 277 homes for a year. And so this is going to help us meet our energy goal for going to 100% renewables for metro operations by 2030. But what are some of the other things that we should be thinking about here to meet that goal? One big thing that has just become uh, officially approved is we have passed a resolution that is formalizing an energy innovation fund. And so the target of this fund is really to enable that last piece of the energy management, which is the infrastructure improvements. We have a lot of aged buildings with older mechanical systems and being able to proactively invest in improving these systems will make the buildings more comfortable, but it'll also have a huge impact in reducing their energy consumption. So by formalizing this energy innovation fund, what we're really doing is we're creating a mechanism to finance those improvements by taking the energy savings that we're realizing 
and using those energy savings to finance the next energy project that we do. And in doing so, we'll be able to get uh, grow momentum over time in making these improvements throughout our facilities with the long-term program. So what are some examples of what those projects could be? Yeah, so first and foremost is lighting. Lighting is a project that often has extremely quick paybacks of even just two or three years. Uh, you get your money back. And so with a lot of our buildings, we do not yet have LED lighting. So that will be a number one priority. Other examples can include um, building control systems. So having our buildings operated through an automated intelligent system as opposed to a strictly manual building with window units, um, that will do a lot in terms of HVAC energy savings. And then finally, even just plain equipment upgrades to boilers, chillers, air handler units, all of that has a really large impact in what the ultimate energy performance of our portfolio is. Great. So let's jump up a little bit and talk about our 100% clean energy goal community-wide by 2040. So Allison, maybe before we get into some specifics here, talk a little bit about the, um, I don't know if the tension is the right word, but the energy source that we have in this part of the country, primarily being coal, which is provides certain challenges with it, but talk a little bit how our coal energy here through lg &E and KU is as clean as it can be, but where we'd like to go to even have even cleaner energy. Sure, and there's some great research that's been done to show the benefits of adding, for example, scrubbers at the Mill Creek plant, um, which still burns coal, but those emissions were reduced greatly. Um, we saw huge re improvements in air quality after the closure of the Cane Run facility. So coal has given us reliable, low-cost energy for decades. It's part of our history, it's a part of our culture. So it's, it's a big step for us to start to move away from that to cleaner energy sources. But what we're seeing is that across the globe, the pricing even for these renewable sources like solar, wind, geothermal, hydro, is becoming more and more competitive and in a lot of places cheaper even than existing coal facilities. So when you start to add up not only the lower cost of generating that renewable energy, but then all of the environmental benefits, the public health benefits that you see as you reduce your fossil fuel use, really starts to shift the economic um, calculus more towards renewables. You mentioned solar in there, our new solar over Louisville program we're putting in place to obviously broaden the portfolio uh, with cleaner energy and talk a little bit about that program and how we can provide some assistance to people. Sure, so this is our first Solarize campaign. We called it Solar Over Louisville, and it's an initiative to give um, households an opportunity to invest in solar at a discounted rate. So Louisville Metro issued a request for proposals. We selected a solar installer, Solar Energy Solutions. We negotiated a reduced rate for any installations done through this campaign. So when you sign up through the Solar Over Louisville campaign to get an estimate, you'll get a 12 to 19% discount depending on the size of the solar system you need. So this helps people get solar, helps to reduce that upfront cost of that installation, um, and it helps us reach our clean energy goals. You can sign up for this program through June 30th at 100%lou.com slash 2040. Even with that discount, not everyone can afford solar. We, we recognize that. And often it's the people who are paying the most of their income towards energy who can't afford those upfront costs. So our office was able to find $79,000 in grant funds um, to provide free solar installations to a handful of low to moderate income households that will cover the solar installation for their home, um, it will reduce their energy costs uh, significantly, and it will help us reach our clean energy goal uh, for 2040. 
and we're continuing to look for more funds so that we can expand that grant program. And is the federal government looking at more and more of these kind of equity focused programs so everybody can enjoy the benefits of clean energy or participate? Absolutely, and we've actually been very fortunate to be selected by the Department of Energy for what's called the Communities Leap, which is Local Energy Action Program. And this is designed to help communities get the benefits of clean energy, especially communities in areas that have been most impacted by burning fossil fuels. For, so the places that have suffered the reduced air quality, the particulate matter, um, and other environmental justice issues. Essentially, as we transition to clean energy, we wanna make sure no one's left behind. We want everybody to come along with us and to see those benefits, economic benefits, environmental, and social. Um, so what we're doing is working with Department of Energy and 21 other cities to figure out how we design our programs and initiatives for sustainability to benefit people um, who need it the most. We wanna make sure that those programs are accessible to everyone and that they're helping the people who are most impacted. So we'll have the Department of Energy's technical support around this as we look at what we can design to um, move our community to a cleaner future, and we'll have a peer network of 21 other cities who are doing that same work. Well, that's outstanding. So we're also participating in the Better Climate Challenge from the Department of Energy. So can you explain that what that is? Sure. The Better Climate Challenge is, is exciting. Um, this was a challenge issued by the federal government and the Department of Energy to organizations to set more ambitious climate targets in order to avoid global warming over one and a half degrees Celsius. Now, we made a commitment in 2018 to cut our greenhouse gas emissions 80% by 2050. And at the time that that goal was set, that would achieve keeping global warming under 1.5. It was a scientific target in line with the Climate Paris Agreement. But as data has gotten better, as we've learned more about the pace at which climate change is occurring, we realize that that's not fast enough. So what we were able to do as Louisville Metro government is commit to the Better Climate Challenge and say that in 10 years, we will reduce greenhouse gas emissions for government operations 50% over 2016 levels. So we're going to have our emissions in the next 10 years. Um, and according to the latest scientific report, that is what will have to happen in order for us to prevent the most catastrophic climate change. So we're joining other cities, um, businesses, universities um, to commit to this challenge to say that we will do what it takes. We'll set this target, we'll work with the Department of Energy, and we will cut our emissions. Well, and the climate mayors group that I'm part of obviously is deep in the middle of all this. And I'm proud of America's mayors when the Paris Climate Accord, when there was the controversy in the last pre presidential administration, the mayor straight, stayed strong yes. through all this. We would not have made the progress that we have in the last four years without mayors stepping up globally and taking the lead on that. So Zach, think about you know the, the younger folks out there that are listening to this. You've decided to get a degree uh, in this particular field and really make a difference. What, what would your pitch be to people thinking about what they should be uh, going to school for, getting a degree in, and what kind of difference they can make? I mean, first and foremost, people need to do what they're passionate about. Uh, and, and for me, I knew I wanted to be in sustainability, but didn't immediately know which direction I wanted to take that. Uh, and as I was in school and kind of uh, shopping around, energy was a very natural click. Uh, there was a lot of interest there. I liked the win-win of something that created an economic benefit, but also an environmental benefit. Um, and so that, that's different for everyone, but there are so many fields, both in the STEM fields as well as outside of that, that touch on sustainability and the environment. 
And I'd argue that that, that can be incorporated in any career decision. Um, but certainly the, the, the bio, biological fields, uh, energy, those are certainly up there. Yeah, well thank you. You're making a heck of a difference for our city. We appreciate that. Thanks. So Allison, as we close out, why don't you say, what, you know, what are the top couple things you're most proud of and the top couple things you think are our biggest challenges? Um, I think our tree canopy increase um, is really portends for the future that we are moving in the right direction. Um, and I know that solar is sexy and everybody wants to see us invest in renewable energy and, and that is part of the equation. But it's the smaller things that we're doing to reduce our energy use that is gonna get us to our goal. It's not just about investing in solar, it's about reducing consumption. Um, as Zach once told me, the clean, cleanest kilowatt hour of energy is the one you don't use. So if we can reduce our energy use 30%, that's 30% less renewables we need to acquire. So this is all part of a big picture. Um, I think a challenge um, is that people get very discouraged when you talk about climate change. It, it, it can be very depressing um, because we, we need action at the national level, at the global level, to truly slow climate change. But that doesn't mean that individual efforts don't matter. So maybe you can invest in solar, but you can reduce how much energy you use. Um, you can switch to LED lights. Ride your bike once in a while, right? Switch to an electric vehicle if you can afford it. All of these are small impacts, but all of those small impacts add up. So every minute that we are able to reduce our energy use or convert to clean energy is gonna help us reach our goals. And it will take everyone, every tree planted, every piece of plastic that you recycle, every light switch that comes off, turns off, they all count. They do, and so here's Earth Month and give a day month of service for the community. So just ask everybody, just like we ask everybody to have an act of kindness every day, you know, what's that act that you can take to reduce your energy consumption as well? And it really adds up it does. over time. So uh, there's reasons to be optimistic. There's reasons to be pessimistic. I mean, we are seeing the science is very encouraging in the past six months or so in terms of how quickly nature can readapt when the greenhouse, greenhouse gas emissions reduce. That kind of resiliency is much quicker than what we think we learned before. So. That's a reason to say, hey, we got to keep getting after this. There's still a window. We can still turn this around. Well, I know that we will work hard at it and appreciate the good work that you all do. So, Allison and Zach, thank you both for the great work that you do. It's difficult work, but I know it's extremely rewarding. So, on behalf of our citizens of Louisville, say thank you while we challenge everybody else to do the best they can to conserve energy for our city and our country and obviously our planet. So. This is the Mayor Greg Fisher podcast, and we'll look forward to talking to you and seeing you next time.